And some people have, have made this criticism that you it seems like you're only going after the LGBT community. Hey everybody, I'm Brad Palumbo and welcome back to the Damage Control Podcast, where we're reclaiming the LGBT community from the insane leftists who've taken it over. My guest today is Jamie Michelle, the founder of the controversial group Gays Against Groomers. Today, we'll discuss the insane ways the left and big business have tried to deplatform and destroy her organization. And I'll also push her on some areas where I think their rhetoric goes too far. If you're new here, settle in, hit that like button, comment, subscribe, yada yada yada. And now, let's jump into it. Jamie, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Brad. I'm happy to be here. So I want to give you a chance to tell the audience a little bit about yourself and about your group, Gays Against Groomers, uh, because if they just Google you, they might find a slightly biased description of your group. Yeah. So I was uh, doing research on you and on Gays Against Groomers. By the way, did you not think about the acronym GAG? <laughs> I did. I did. And unfortunately, there was no way around it. Like, <laughs> it's you kind know, of funny. I know. We say a few things to kind of compensate for it. We say, first of all, groomers make us gag, which they do. And also that you'll never forget it. So, <laughs> you know, you it's, won't forget it. But no, so like, I personally don't like it. I try and not use gag that much, <laughs> but it's kind of like all of our chapter accounts on Twitter and Instagram start with, you know, gag underscore state. So it's kind of hard to escape, but it is, it is You're what it loving. is. And the name gays against groomers is so good that I feel like it kind of helps, you know, overcompensate for the unfortunate acronym, but it is what it is. So Google pulling from Wikipedia describes gays against groomers as quote, an American far right and anti LGBT organization. And it says that your purpose is far right politics and anti LGBT propaganda. Would you say that's an accurate description of your work? I mean, yeah, they nailed it. They got <laughs> No, I mean, first of all, I think that that's so funny. I get a kick out of it every day that people call us an anti-LGBT group when all of us are LGB and T ourselves. There is not one straight person in the group. Um, I think that also just goes to show that that's kind of the only line of attack they have. They use it on straight people that speak out against these things and they call them anti-LGBT. They call them homophobic, transphobic bigots, and they do the same with us. Uh, and I think that's really telling of, you know, that's the only card that they have to play, which is pathetic, in my opinion. Um, I think that that slur or the lie that we're an anti-LGBT group doesn't stick as much as it does with some other people um, because it's just so silly. But no, we're not anti-ourselves and being pro-child protection is not anti-anything and it's certainly not anti-LGBT um, and I think equating it as such is actually doing more harm to our community um, mm -hmm. than anybody could ever hope to. Yeah. So I look, I speak out on a lot of the similar stuff to what you guys speak out on. I do have different perspectives on some of it and we'll get into that. But I will just say your group has been really insanely treated um, yeah. <laughs> to a degree that is really disproportionate. I mean, you guys are a little controversial. You're a little edgy, but you're not. ISIS, right? Yeah. Like, and yeah. genuinely, the supreme leader of Iran ha was banned from Twitter never. Whereas you guys, you were just telling me you were banned a bunch of times. Even worse, because social media censorship, nothing new. 
What's crazy to me is, I do I have this right? PayPal and Venmo suspended your accounts. Yeah. Gays Against Groomers, both accounts on PayPal and Venmo and my personal accounts. So I, this has been, I believe, over a year, almost That's a year now. I wild. think it was November, November of 2022, and we launched in June of 2022. So it really wasn't much longer after that. Um, but no, it's absolutely insane. We're still banned. And, you know, honestly, even if they revoked that and let us be on there, we wouldn't use them. But the fact that that happened at all is absolutely insane. And I believe kind of homophobic and transphobic. We have trans people in our organization. I mean, all of these companies, these woke corporations, and they, they claim to prop up LGBT voices and people and kind of cater to them in every regard, except for when it comes to us. Uh, so it's sad. And that kind of goes back to our Wikipedia and all of these things, these lies that people say about us that kind of encourage and give um, validity to these companies that ban us. Uh, it's it's like right, they can say that, well, this group labeled them a hate group or whatever, yeah. and they don't realize that those groups have really um watered down that terminology and started throwing it around like candy on Halloween, unfortunately. But so were you able to get all your money out of PayPal? Uh, yes, they did let us take our money out. They gave us like a three-day window, 72 hours or something, and then it was gone forever, yeah. That's we crazy, crazy to me because I don't want to live in a world where like, financial services are evaluating if you're too problematic to use them or not. And I'm trying to imagine, I don't, I guess I haven't researched this, but like, is there any left-wing insane group, not to say you guys are insane, but that's how they view you, right? right. Is there any pro-Hamas uh, activist group that they have banned? Or is, yeah. is there like, I, I highly doubt that this cuts both ways is what you I'm trying to say. No, uh, I don't believe that there have been any other groups like that banned. Um, you know, that hold a more left-wing position, even though Gays Against Groomers is nonpartisan. We are not political at all. Um, it's sad that this issue has become politicized, but, you know, you can search back through every tweet of ours, any statement we've ever put out. We never use political language. We never use partisan language. We don't say Democrat or Republican ever. Um, and that's very intentional. You know, we try and stay very neutral. And we have people in the organization that are on like all over the political spectrum. Um, you know, our editor in chief um, campaigned for AOC. <laughs> you know, it's like we I, I think people would be really shocked to hear that. Um, no, but it's it's scary what they're able to do and what they did to us. Um, it it you, should scare everybody. Were you also banned from Gmail? Yes, um, that happened. So PayPal and Venmo happened within five minutes of each other because they're like PayPal owns Venmo. Right. So it was like I got the PayPal email, then I got the Venmo email, and then like six hours later, I got an email from Google saying that our Gmail account had been suspended. But we went, we took to Twitter and made a big ruckus about that, about PayPal and Venmo too. But Google, um, you know, reversed their decision. I think they reversed it after I was invited on Tucker Carlson to discuss being banned by these things. So, uh, you know, Google, we appreciate them doing that. We don't really use Google anymore um, just because they banned us once. Um, we don't really feel safe ha having all of our, uh, you know, files and whatever uh, stored in like Google Drive. So we don't use that anymore. But um, 
we did and that was that was an interesting day for sure <laughs> that, that, that was is crazy to me because we think of things like gmail as this neutral infrastructure to the internet and whether right. somebody likes gays against groomers or hates gays against groomers i don't think any of us should really want to see like a too problematic test applied to whether you're allowed to exist online or not or use basic digital infrastructure i mean for those kinds of money transactions there's only a few apps, right? And you got banned from two of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, at some point, if it goes down this path far enough, um, then it's kind of like a weird intersection of cancel culture and big business where yeah. they can really limit your ability to publicly participate in life in a way based on your ideas, in a way I think most Americans, regardless of their political beliefs, would not be comfortable with. No, and I think that's what they're trying to do. You know, they're trying to intimidate us and kind of deplatform us, not just from social media, but from functioning as a nonprofit. I mean, we are a registered nonprofit with the IRS. Uh, you know, we should have these certain protections that I don't think, I, I mean, I can't think of any other nonprofit that I've heard of that has ever dealt with this. Um, and to speak on uh, what you were saying earlier about other other types of like extreme groups even though we're not extremists we just care about protecting children um when paypal banned us we actually did some digging and we found that this group this organization called prostasia which is a, a 501c3 they are a pedophile advocacy nonprofit, basically um yeah like proud pedophiles and and giving support to pedophiles and like a whole network um, they were still allowed on PayPal. We called it out and thankfully PayPal banned them too, which, you know, I, I don't really stand for deplatforming anyone or banning anyone. But if you, I, I don't really consider too many the feelings or the rights of pedophiles. That's me personally. I don't think, you know, whatever. But, you know, they did they did take action there as well. Yeah, but it's sad that you had to call them out on that first. And yeah. it, it, they went for you guys first. Yeah, exactly. But so yeah. I want I want to get into kind of the meat of our of our conversation, which is yeah. um your your mission and your advocacy. How do you define grooming? So I would say the grooming is pushing anything on a child or coercing uh coercing children um sexually or V, you know, it, I, I like to say that grooming isn't just sexual. I think when people hear the word groomer, they often think, oh, it's just like a child molester. But grooming can be ideological as well. Grooming them, um, I, I would say that grooming includes forcing ideas upon them that they're not ready for, opening, uh, d you know, dismantling boundaries, very important boundaries between a child and their parent, or uh, I mean, a child and, and, and these strangers, um, having them trust people that don't have their best interests in mind, um, turning them against their families, uh, saying that, you know, I am the one that cares about you. They don't really care about you. Kind of just planting these ideas in their heads and also about sexuality and gender ideology before they're ready. Um, obviously, there is the typical grooming, which is preparing them for, you know, <laughs> sex with adults, for an adult to take advantage of a child and, and um, you know, prey upon them that way. But I think that it goes much deeper than that. And that is the point that we always try and make. We say, you know, we stand against not just the sexualization of children, but also the indoctrination of them, which leads to the medicalization of them, which we are, that is also in our mission statement, you know, indoctrinating them to believe that um, planting the idea in their head that they could have been born in the wrong body, 
you know, I'm not sure how you grew up, but pretty much all of us in Gays Against Groomers, you know, are a bit gender non-conforming. I grew up as a tomboy. Uh, I still consider myself a tomboy. I wear men's clothes, but all of us in Gays Against Groomers realize that if we would have grown up today, we would have been told that we were born in the wrong body. Um, and, you know, if our parents bought into this, would have transitioned us. Uh, and that's a horrifying thought, and that's what these kids are going through today. Yeah, so uh, all the things you issue, you just mentioned are, I think, perfectly valid issues, and I have similar views on a lot of them, um, particularly the stuff about, you know, concerns about transing the youth. Uh, indoctrination is what I would call a lot of it, right? Talking to yep. pronoun lessons for kindergartners, these kinds of things. Uh, inappropriate drag shows in front of children. I've criticized all of that. I think it seems to me that you use the term groomer uh, or grooming as in some cases a synonym for indoctrination or exposing kids to material that is not age appropriate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and so I think the, the reason I'm not comfortable with that language and a lot of people don't like that language is, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but I just want to flesh it out and then give you the chance to respond, is that grooming is historically a term that, like you mentioned, people relate to preparing a child as how they kind of get a child's guard down in order to then sexually molest them, which I think right. I would agree is just about the most horrific thing a person can do. Absolutely. And so a lot of people, I think myself included, take issue with conflating these things right conflating talking to kids about pronouns before they're ready to understand that with somebody who actively seeks to molest children they sure. aren't the same thing they to me both can be bad but they're in different stratospheres of bad and i think a lot sure. of people don't like the term groomer or grooming because it seems to conflate these things that aren't the same well, I can totally understand that. I think overall, like when you hear the word groomer, that you do think sexual, you know, sex and and predatory like sexual abuse. Um, but, you know, grooming isn't just that, uh, you know, cults are act cult leaders actively groom their members um, to to bring them into their ideology and separate them from the family. Um, so I understand that that is like the the first thing that pops in people's heads but we're trying to make it clear that grooming can happen in other ways and i i do think the ideological aspect is as big of an issue um because it leads to the medicalization of these kids which is you know permanent sterilization amputating healthy body parts um i understand that sex crimes are heinous uh and but but we make it very clear anytime we do call somebody a groomer uh, accuse something of grooming behavior you know we say we we clarify that you know we don't mean that they're a sexual predator but i think that you know only people that want to prey on children are okay with any form of grooming including ideological so i would push back on that statement in that i think some of these people are genuinely misguided and aren't out to hurt kids but so that i think some of these woke people who want to talk about pronouns or gender identities or sexualities with K through five year olds, they think they're helping promote tolerance, stopping bullying. They don't necessarily have malign intentions towards kids. Not all I, of them. What I would say to that, I think that a lot of parents are misguided. I think that a, that definitely parents. I mean, some have, um, you know, we kind of use the term trans housing by proxy. They want to transition their kids for their own 
um, validation or attention or whatever. You know, you, you're familiar with Munchausen by yeah. Fox. But I would also defer to people that, you know, that are against these book bans, which are literal pornography being available to children in their schools and libraries. Um, I don't think that those people are well-intentioned. I think um, half of them don't even know what's in the books. Because once you read them the books, they're like, they try to silence you at the speaking. I've seen these videos, I think, right. of your members. And I agree with you on the books, mostly about these inappropriate books in schools. Um, I'm just saying, there seems to me to be a world of difference between Drag Queen Story Hour and a serial child molester, right? Even if you can be uncomfortable with both things, and to put them in the same category, especially because the context here, Jamie, as I, I, I'm sure you know, is that the gay community in decades past, particularly gay men, were for a long time maligned as out to molest your kids, right? Wow. It was not true. Where They were not statistically more likely to be child molesters or child predators. So I think there's this sensitivity to that criticism being levied. Now, you don't only call LGBT people groomers. I know that. But oftentimes you are, you know, calling it LGBT activists or people who would fall in this LGBT umbrella. There's a sensitivity to that because of that, this historical context. And I think that's valid that people don't like that. Right. I understand that. Um, but I also think that it's really important. I consider gays against groomers to kind of be like the hall monitors of our community, uh, because right now our community is being so heavily associated with attacking children. Right now, that's all you see coming from our community, um, you know, and it, it's really unfortunate. I believe that they are using us as a shield to kind of push it through to evade criticism or pushback, um, you know, because the majority of the people, whoever is deciding this agenda and, and pushing it forward, um, I don't think the people at the very top of this um, are gay or are trans themselves. Uh, so I think that we're being used as shields um, and and we're kind of being left to the wolves here because the the pushback against all of us is growing. Um, you know, anti-LGBT sentiment is growing uh, a lot in the past few years, um, more so. You know, and we just we just achieved our equal rights, which was a very hard fought and just battle. I mean, we won that fight. In my opinion, we should have all just packed it up and gone home. I mean, but that doesn't pay very well, you know. So, so these these LGBTQ orgs, you know, have to find a new way to constantly be oppressed or, or make up their oppression. And now I, I don't know who greenlighted this, but it seems to just be full steam ahead towards children now. And that's kind of like the red line you never cross. It was always understood. You just don't you leave the kids alone. Um but that isn't what's happening anymore. And so I see gays against groomers as uh, as showing like, hey, the majority of us in our community are actually really against this. Uh, we do not want to be associated with this people. We never consented to it. We don't condone it. And we're going to call them out like everybody else because our voices, I believe, are more effective in doing so as well. So um, I agree with that message. But I, you just said a majority. I don't think a majority of LGBT people or gay people would sign on to gays against groomers' message. Really? You don't think so? I think that the majority of LGBT people that are just living at home, living their lives, want, you know, they're seeing what's happening and they don't feel a sense of, like, they don't, they, they understand that this isn't what we fought for back in the day. Like, we fought to just be able to love who we love, have the same rights as every other American. That's genuinely my, my belief. 
Um, that I wish that were true. I'm just not sure it is. Uh, but maybe it isn't. But it, it, you know, I mean, there's no way to really tell. But in, from from the messages that we receive, we receive a lot more support from gay and trans people than we do hate. You see on Twitter, it's very toxic, and you know they get very loud and aggressive. But um, you know, and the big organizations that come out against us are these companies, whatever. But uh, we get like hundreds of messages a week and we have been sol like consistently since I launched Gays Against Groomers in June of 2022 that tell that, that tell us like, thank you so much for creating this. I have been disgusted with the community. I don't feel a sense of community anymore. I want nothing to do with this. And thank you for finally like saying what I'm feeling. I feel like I can actually, you know, have a home again with you guys. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe I just see so much of that that it leads me to believe that, but I, I know that it's not a small a small percentage of gay and trans people that agree with what we're doing. No, I I, and I look on this show. I hear from so many people who are either gay or lesbian or trans and are not on board with the insanity, or they're straight and they're supportive of gay people, but then the, yeah. the, they're like the slope has been slippery. And I yeah. think there's truth to that. I think that's valid. I think that's important. Um. I do think, though, that sometimes you guys at Gays Against Groomers and you you guys put yourself out there. And so you've received some terrible treatment and I don't support that. But you also like you throw punches, right? You you guys are bold in your messaging. You are aggressive in your messaging. And so I think some of the criticisms people make of you um, have some merit. And I want to ask you about them. So your mission, your mission statement on your website, it says we are an organization of gays and others in the community who oppose the sexualization, indoctrination and medicalization of children. Now, I certainly oppose those things. I think some of the details get complicated about what counts as that. But I did search on your Twitter of, against groomers um, and your personal Twitter as well. The words church, priest and Catholic. Yeah. And no results came up of you discussing the widespread problem of molestation or sexual abuse uh, in the church, in the Catholic church, even though, you know, huge stories and exposés have dropped even just this year and last year. And some people have, have made this criticism that you it seems like you're only going after the LGBT community. Why well, is that? In, that's intentional. Um, you know, if you if you look on our our mission statement, you left out the last part. It says under the guise of LGBTQIA+. Because this is such a rampant issue that has been exploding over past years, as I said a few minutes ago, I consider Gays Against Groomers to be the hall monitors. We want to rid our community of this infestation of child predators and, it, it, you know, I, I say groomers, people that indoctrinate these children, people that are butchering these children and sterilizing them in the name of tolerance and LGBTQIA plus acceptance. Um, so no, that's very intentional. Uh, we fight a very niche, you know, we're on a very niche avenue, very narrow avenue. Um, and our goal, you know, I've always said that our mission is twofold. First and foremost, it's to, um, you know, end the war on children to save these kids and protect them, but also to protect ourselves and reclaim our good standing as a community and society, because that is uh, evaporating very, very quickly. Um, you know, like I was saying, we just got our rights in 2015 federally. Uh, it hasn't been that long. And now, yes, this slope seems to be coming crashing down. And so we're trying to save our good standing uh, by pushing back against this and showing that, you know, we don't support what's happening. And please do not conflate all of us with this because that is what's happening. It is. I yeah, no, and I, I agree. And I understand that. I think 
um, it it does. Yeah, I guess we don't have to get hung up on that, but I think people have an issue with the fact that it's like we're only calling out the LGBT. You know, I totally get that. It's not like oh, we condone because it's happening in the Catholic Church and other places that we support that. Obviously, I know you don't. Like I, you know, any anything that endangers a child or where a child is being preyed upon, we obviously. I mean, I I think that that's obvious that that we oppose that as well, and we we are vehemently against it. But the purpose of gays against groomers, you know, is to to call out what's happening in our own community because it is so prevalent right now. And sadly, that's what you see when you now think of LGBTQ anything, when you think of rainbow anything your mind goes to the kids because, you know, or, or erasing women, like the whole trans issue with erasing women, but gag, gag doesn't focus on it. There, there it is me saying gag. <laughs> sometimes I do. Sometimes I do just for brevity. But, um, you know, that's, that's where your mind goes, especially straight people that aren't that tuned in. So, so, um, um a- another kind of cloud that has followed gag or gays against groomers yeah. is this question of whether you are anti-trans or not. And so right. I know you said you have trans members. I know there was also an offshoot or an affiliate organization, Trans Against Groomers, but that has shut down, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> we're definitely not anti-trans. Um, we have trans people in our organization. We value their voices. We include them because they are, you know, we're trying to go about this in the most effective way possible. It's so funny. We get a lot of hate for being anti-trans and for not being anti-trans. Like people, yes, people hate same. because they, yeah, people hate us because we they think we hate trans people, and then people also hate us, like you know, some rad femmes and others, um, you know, very pe- people that are very strong proponents of just LGB without the T. But that isn't our fight. Our fight isn't about, you know, that's not what we're focused on. We're focused solely on the children aspect. And so I believe having trans people and they're using their voices, especially, you know, when it comes to the medicalization aspect of of medically transitioning, they can speak to that more than you or I can, you know, because I do believe they're so different being gay and being trans. They don't overlap. Like I have no I, I don't have personal experience with that whatsoever, but they do. And they can speak on how this is not something a child should be doing. So you do um, support the rights of adults to transition. Med- oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally, I think 18 is too young, but that's the that's the age you're an adult in this country. And that's the law. I personally think it should be until, you know, you're you're fully developed at 25 when your brain is fully developed to make these decisions. But 18 is what Gays Against Groomers supports as a platform, as an organization, because that's when it, you're a legal adult. I mean, you can go off and fight for this country then. There are some, you, you can't rent a car until you're 25, which is weird. But that yeah. should probably be ratified. But um, no, we, of course, we, we, we support trans adults and whatever they want to do as long as they are not hurting children. Um, we prefer, you know, Again, the women's issue and the bathroom issue, it gets very contentious, but that's not our concern as an organization. Okay, so I want to talk to you a little bit about schools because I yep. I have kind of tried to thread the needle on this issue. Um, I was initially supportive of the don't say gay law when it applied to K through three. I don't think there's any legitimate reason to be discussing these things with little children. I do not support though it was recently expanded to, to k through 12 and i i want to read a, a statement i'm sure you know uh, that you guys tweeted out a few days ago um in during national coming out day you said really- quote 
There should be no talk of sexuality in the classroom at all. None of us had that growing up, and we all figured out who we were on our own and naturally just fine. So yeah. I, I have a couple questions about this statement because I, I don't know about what y'all got y'all's experiences were, and I won't speak on your experience, but I grew up with like no affirmative messaging or discussion of it whatsoever in schools. Instead, people just threw the word faggot around like candy on Halloween. And I felt like so self-hating because of that. And it was such a negative atmosphere that I almost felt like I was robbed of my teenage years because I've been experiencing same-sex attraction since like 13 or wherever, whenever yeah. you start going through all of that. But it wasn't until halfway through college that I came to accept that. So is it really true that you were all just fine without any of this? I mean, because it would, to say that you all just grew up fine, I hope you all had great experiences, but that doesn't seem accurate to me. Well, okay. So I don't know if you saw, but uh, a few days ago, we also tweeted how, you know, it should be taught that and how important it is to accept and respect everybody despite their differences. I I believe, and it is Gays Against Rumors stance, that that's the extent of it. Or like some families look different and that's okay. You know, just because your family looks different or um, then, then it, your family looks different than Johnny's, for example, that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with it. And uh, no, I, I don't think that there's a place for it in the classroom, um, personally. So what, if it's a teacher, so what if Jamie, and I know you have a beautiful wife, um, I saw pictures of you too, you're a beautiful couple. What if you're a teacher and you have a photo of you and your wife on your desk and your students ask, because I, I, they ask, um, and right. you say, that's my wife. You've just discussed sexuality in the classroom. See, now I think I think that is a little extreme. I think that's a little extreme, but I think that you can say all families look different. Not all families look the same. You this think is it's extreme in what way? Like you shouldn't say that or like you should be allowed to say that? That you should be allowed to say, this is my wife. Okay. But I think that there are ways to do that without talking about what homosexuality is. Um, I, you know, or, or, or delve deeper into the topic which is what's happening in these schools you know they're they're this is like part of the curriculum now um i don't think it should be part of the curriculum uh i i think that the extent of it should be yeah this is the person i love and that's okay you well, know what so i guess my question is like for high schoolers though why shouldn't it to some degree be part of the curriculum because like how could you teach u.s history from the 20th century without teaching about the gay rights movement, without teaching about the AIDS epidemic, without teaching about Obergefell. I mean, I you see how like the idea that it's not exactly. okay to talk about sexuality in the classroom doesn't seem to make sense to me for older students. Okay, in, in, a, his, in a historical context, when going through like American history and recent American history, like, you know, that's, I guess that's different. That's That's a different context than what, you know, we imagine it's like day-to-day -day, the day-to-day -day curriculum um and these you know like they're celebrating national coming out day they're celebrating lgbtq plus history month they're celebrating you know pride all month uh and i i just think that that goes too far um i agree but i also think some of your statements go too far like the one fair. i just read that's totally fair you know um okay i, I so i guess um to kind of round things out, what do you see as the the biggest change that you'd like to see in the LGBT community? And do you think do you see things going in the right direction or the wrong direction right now? 
I would love for the LGBT community to become more self-aware and understand that trying to protect children from being sexualized or having these subjects, uh, you know, taught to them in schools, especially the highly sexually explicit material, and of course, medically transitioning, I wish they could see that supporting these causes is hurting our community more than I really believe even like the Westboro Baptist Church could ever hope to hurt us. Uh, I think that that they need to understand that children are the red line. And, um, you know, the overwhelming majority of this country, I truly believe it, probably over 90% of the country at this point did not care who you loved, who you slept with, what you did with your life, as long as it's consenting and nobody's being hurt. Um, the issue clearly is now the attack on children. Okay. So at this time in this country, I truly believe that the overwhelming majority of people, I'd say well over 90%, we're at the point where they don't care what people do in their personal lives. They don't care who somebody loves. They don't care who somebody sleeps with. As long as it's consenting, it's not hurting anybody. But the issue now is that this has crossed over into targeting children. Um, and, and that's what people care about. Um, and so, you know, as we see this backlash growing against our community, I, I wish that the community as a whole could reflect on that and really ask themselves why. Is it because they are anti-gay or anti-trans or is it because children are involved? Um, and that's the message we're trying to get across to our community uh, more than anything. So, All right, Jamie and Michelle, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Brad. Good talking to you. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this conversation, comment below on YouTube or Facebook. Let me know your thoughts. Hit that like button. Consider subscribing to this channel. We're growing so fast, and it's so great to have you all with me on this journey. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, don't forget to take a minute and rate or review the show. It really helps out. And with that, I'll see you all next week.